Hello and welcome to Retrospection. In this episode, we're hacking our way through a steamy jungle as we explore Congo Bongo, the 1983 video game. Will the red-nosed explorer capture Bongo the... Why are you laughing? Uh, Is that not what we're doing? Uh, well, I hope not, because <laughs> I'm, I'm completely lost oh, wait. now, Colin. Are we doing the 1995 adventure film Congo? I certainly hope we are. Oh, that's okay. I can work this. My name's Colin, and stop eating my sesame cake. And my name's Paul, and I don't supply assholes with new personalities. That's good, because you'd have to operate on yourself. Yeah, what? imdb says that when an expedition to the african congo ends in disaster a new team is assembled to find out what went wrong not not really the plot of this film is it um well they kind of know what went wrong really don't they yeah i mean imdb either gives away the actual twist the plot or is so vague (laughs) That it sounds like it's a different film. <laughs> well, that is a different film. Yeah, because that's only like what Dr. Ross is part of it. That's not the actual film. And and the guy that she's employed by, that isn't why he sends the, the, the second team in anyway, is it? No, not really. No, no. He, he couldn't care less. And one of them is his own son. I know. Ooh. Shocking. Shocking, and it was what was what was even more shocking to me was when I found out who plays his son because I wasn't expecting that guy to turn up in this movie. I have to say. Oh, we'll get to mm-hmm. that. So, this film stars Laura Linney as Dr. Karen Ross, Tim Curry as Herkimer Homolka. Sorry, Dylan sorry, Walsh. sorry. What, what was that? <laughs> Herkimer Homolka. Oh, that's his name. Sorry, I, I thought you had COVID for a second. Dylan Walsh as Dr. Peter Elliott, Ernie Hudson as Captain Monroe Kelly, Grant Hesloff as Richard, Joe Don Baker as R.B. Travis, and Lola Noah and Misty Roses as Amy the Gorilla. You missed out someone there, didn't you? No, no, it's going to be a surprise. Oh, right. Well, it, as I said, it was a surprise to me. I've never seen this movie right. before. I'll just say that now, up top. Oh, yeah. all right. Okay. It's directed by Frank Marshall. Screenplay by John Patrick Shanley, based on the book by Michael Crichton. Yeah, did you read the story about the um, the executive producer um, like Crichton's story so much at the pitch that he went and sold the authorization to the uh, for the movie rights to 20th Century Fox without um, his knowledge before the book was even published. Oh no, I didn't know that. Do you, do you remember the days when everything was based on a Michael? Crichton novel? Yeah, not not all of it was good either. No, no. What about that that one with dinosaurs was terrible. <laughs> right? What's that one called? <laughs> oh, you mean Disclosure? Is that the one you're on about? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sphere. I was gonna, this is a question I was going to ask you. What is your opinion of Michael Crichton's writing? I haven't really read that much. I've read Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. I tried to read Disclosure... But it was so, I thought it was so badly written that I couldn't get for it. The bit that annoyed me was at the beginning of Disclosure, the Michael Douglas character, and I can't remember the names, is in the shower. And he's thinking about his wife. 
But he starts describing her job and what she does. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I get the point that you're explaining to me, the reader, what she does. But you wouldn't think about your wife in that no. way in the shower. The, the, unless you've never met her before. There's ways to do it, to do the exact <laughs> same thing, but, but better, isn't there? It, it's like bad exposition in, in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I get exactly. It's exactly yeah, my so. opinion of his writing as well. I I I like Jurassic Park. I've read Jurassic Park. I've read a couple of his things, and I've never. It's never really turned me on, as they say. Well, we're all glad about that. <laughs> you you more than you most, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rising Sun. Sometimes. Oh, Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes? Yeah, um, is it, it Snipes? is Wesley Snipes. It, 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 it's an yeah. it's an average movie, that, I would say. Only only made better because it's Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he write um, The Andromeda Strain as well? Yes. Yeah. That's yes. a good movie. That's yeah. a good movie. Yeah. yeah, it is. Terminal Man, Great Train Robbery. Better movies than... than maybe, maybe he turns out better movies than books. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, music by Jerry Goldsmith, I, and it's a great score. It is, mm-hmm. yes. I do have something to say about part of it, though. All right, when we okay. get to okay. it. Okay. Uh, so Crichton wrote this film with Sean Connery in mind uh, to make it as an old-style action adventure, but apparently Crichton left the project when he was told he couldn't use a real gorilla. Well, that would that would have been uh, interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> At what point do you think you could use a real gorilla for this film? <laughs> do you think he, he's seen some of those documentaries? Um, who who was that that woman in the seventies that could talk to gorillas? Uh, gorillas in the yeah, mist. Yeah, maybe he saw that and thought, hmm, that's obviously a thing. So maybe we just get the people that can do that and get those kind of gorillas that that can do sign language, and we'll teach them how to do the lines. Yeah, yeah, that that doesn't sound like it a doesn't. lot of work. <laughs> it's, it's it's easy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, then again, someone taught you to talk. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I could play a monkey. Anything's possible. I could play a monkey. Play a yes. monkey? Yeah, but that'd be typecasting, wouldn't it? You know, if they, you see, if I was around, and I was around in the 70s, but if I was obviously older in the 70s, instead of getting that chimpanzee and torturing it inside that suit for Battlestar Galactica, they could have just put me in the suit and I could have done exactly the same thing. Why would they need the suit? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Superfluous. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Both Spielberg and John Carpenter turned down the directing gig for this film. John Carpenter, I, I, I can understand why he wouldn't want to do it, but it's right up Spielberg's alley, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's almost a carbon copy of a Spielberg well, film. Well, isn't Frank right? Marshall one of those Spielberg guys anyway? Yeah, it's also a Kathleen Kennedy yeah. film. Uh, I, it just feels like something he would do. Yeah, maybe he wanted a real gorilla. Well, he would have had a CGI gorilla, wouldn't he? 1995? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could well, have done I think that. it's after yeah. Jurassic Park, isn't well, it? What? Actually, wouldn't look that good. One of, one of the things that I got, one of the little facts that I uncovered is that the producer and director originally wanted to use CGI for the gorillas. But they opted for um, in-camera models and prosthetics instead because at the time CG couldn't do her realistically. That's what I yeah. was going to say. The scales is different. It's easier yeah. to do that yeah. kind of surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Eventually, this film was made, but with no involvement of Crichton. I, I would imagine that he probably found that quite hard. What, arousing? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that, that Amy, you know, she, she's, a, you know, she's, she's a looker. She's, she's nice. Well, oh. oh, you like her? Yeah, she's got a great personality. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, have you, I don't know if you've seen her, but Kenna did some truly terrible action figures for this film. Yes, I remember those, yeah. I think that's probably what put me off watching the movie back then. Oh, they're hideous. Mm. Isn't the scale all wrong as well? There's no scales, it's her, remember? No. We just discussed this. No, 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 the size. Isn't the scale oh, the of, of, of Amy completely wrong yeah. to the to Yeah, the she's as tall, she's bigger than the Empire State yes. Building. <laughs> Maybe there's a different film they were thinking of. Yeah, I remember those. I remember those those action yeah. figures. I, I looked them online. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other facts and figures? Um, apparently, um, this is a strange one. Apparently, lots of people swear that they originally saw a scene in the movie featuring a monkey with a laser gun, even though none of the versions that have ever been released on on retail ever had this in them. So if it was something that existed, it was it was only in the theatrical cut. So one of the monkeys grabs the gun that... I guess so. Doctor... All right. Starts killing people with a laser gun? Yeah, or firing it at them and they have to duck or something. I don't know. But there's lots of people that swear that they, they saw a scene in, when they originally saw it in the theatres that had, had a monkey with a laser gun. I don't remember that scene, and I saw it at the cinema. Oh, I, maybe maybe it's one of those things where people just remember it completely differently than what it actually is. Um, yeah. The gorilla effects were all created by Stan Winston. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the Amy is fantastic. It's a fantastic suit and a fantastic prosthetic rig head thing that that, that the person inside the suits wearing. It's so realistic, and you completely believe it. The 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 other gorillas in it at the end. Not too sure about those, I have to say. The ones that are the bad yeah. guys. Well, this goes back to what we've discussed before. That they're stylized gorillas, right? They're supposed to be a species that no one's ever seen before. Yeah. I, I, we, yeah, we have talked about it before, and I was going to say that I, I was getting flashbacks to Tales of the Golden Monkey at one point. Yeah. The ending. Yeah, the ending, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that Stan Winston didn't like about um, this movie was that he did try and imbue the gorilla sculptures with individual personality characteristics, but then he felt that they all got lost in the limitations of the set, and he, he felt that they weren't lit particularly well as well. Ah, okay. Well, they're not really seen that much. They're not really in it at all until the very end, are they? All right, so we get the Paramount logo, and we hear music that orally describes the sounds of an African plane. It's golden hour as the sun sets, and in the twilight, ostriches run across the horizon. The credits appear in a simple yellow font. Our title Congo fades in in yellow and blue, and in silhouette underneath, we have the horizon with jeeps driving from left to right. It's nicely done. It, it is very nicely done. At one point, I did think I was watching The Lion King for a second before the uh, the Congo logo came up. 
It, it does sound a lot like well, The Lion sense. King, this music. Yeah, I guess it does. It's very uh, stereotypical African plane it music. Is. It is, yeah. Yeah. The jeeps make their way past a confusion of wildebeest, a pride of lions, and a tower of giraffes. Very good. Someone's been doing research there, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Herd of elephants, a dickhead of pals. <laughs> There's only one. Are we all thankful <laughs> about that? Except you, you'd like the bit more of you. No. One you could send out to work. Ah, oh, yeah, I thought of that. Ah, now, yeah, yeah, see your face suddenly Yeah, changed. that's a good idea, Colin, I like that. Yeah, well, as soon as they develop cloning. I could send you one, I could send that. you one, Colin. So that you've got one there in New no, York with you. No, you need to stop cloning around. Don't, 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 don't start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. These explorers are, wait, yeah, you could send me one. I can just punch him repeatedly in the face. Would that make you feel better? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, take out all my anger. <laughs> I thought that's what I was here for anyway. But, but why? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask why. Just take it, son. I beg your pardon? <laughs> yeah, that sounded a bit aggressive, didn't it? <laughs> it did, yeah. Dial it back a bit, Colin. <laughs> These explorers leave their jeeps and on foot make their way through a small village, then towards a mountain. <gasps> Who is this we see? Why? A group is led by retrospection favourite Bruce Campbell. Uh, yeah, I was completely shocked by this. Um, did you know that apparently he um, auditioned for the part of Dr. Elliot and he didn't get it? He got this instead. Um, yeah, actually, he would have been better as Dr. Elliot. You think so? I think... Yes, because you don't know, like you don't know the how the script. The script would have probably changed to accommodate for his style. Yeah, definitely. So assuming the character wouldn't have been the same, but I think, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think that will work because the problem with this film is everyone else is better than that main character. Not dissing the actor, but he just doesn't have a very good character. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's a bit bland, isn't he? Yeah, and I think the yeah. fact that it was Bruce Campbell would have changed that, would have elevated that. The actor playing Dr. Elliot, he um, plays Lois Lane's father in um, this Superman and Lois TV show that's currently on the CW. No, it's not on the CW. It's on HBO Max, isn't it, Colin? I don't, I don't know. No. Um, yeah. But um, Bruce Campbell, yeah. Um, he's, he's definitely a favourite of ours, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And in this, he plays Charles Travis. So quickly, top of your, off the top of your head, top three Bruce Campbell performances, go. Uh, the one with his wife? <laughs> no, cinematic. Oh, cinematic. <laughs> uh, well, so we're going to go for the Evil Dead ones, aren't we? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, oh, I like, uh, yeah, uh, Baba Hotep. That one's one of my favourites. Like yeah, that, that's a, performance. That, that, is a, that is a really fun movie as well, isn't it? Yeah. All right, so that's two. It's hard to think of what he's been in. You want to name some? Um, well, my top three would be Ash, obviously, in the Evil Dead movies. And then he, he, he's got a, he gives a fantastic performance. He's done a lot of bad movies, but he's fantastic in them. 
And two two that I really like are um, there's a film called Moontrap with Walter Koning. Oh yeah, yeah, but that's a yeah. terrible film. It's a terrible film, but he's fantastic in it. Okay. And there's another movie called um, Sundown: The Vampire in Retreat that stars um, uh, David Carradine. Retrospection favorite David Carradine. We've, yeah, we've talked about yeah, him yeah, before. Yeah. And um, Bruce Campbell plays. Uh, it's a it's a it's a vampire western. It's kind of tongue in cheek as well. Right. Uh, and um, Bruce Campbell plays the descendant of Van Helsing. Yeah. But but the gag is that he's completely useless. Ah, he's Bruce. Okay. He's Bruce Campbell basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. I also liked. Obviously, I liked the Evil Dead TV series he did. Mm-hmm, definitely. But he also liked Jack of All Trades. Yes, that that show is good. Yeah. And is it Briscoe County Junior? Is that Briscoe right? County Junior? Yeah. No, Briscoe yeah. County Junior. Yeah. Yeah, that's good too. Yeah, that that was a that was another wasn't that a Sam Raimi TV show? I think so. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah he's definitely a favourite of ours. So they clamber over rocks until reaching the base of Mount Bukenko, a dormant volcano in the Virunga Mountains of the Congo. Well done. They make camp. We cut to low orbit of Earth and a satellite floating by. The name Travacom is on the satellite. This is where good old Jerry Goldsmith seems to have dusted off uh, a nice Star Trek piece for the music here. Yeah, I was I was going to say that I was expecting Space Dock to loom in over the horizon of Earth at one point. He must have just gone, oh, uh, space. Yeah, throw this one in. <laughs> I got. I can't be doing it. I've got pan pipes everywhere. It still works though. It still works. Oh yeah, nothing wrong mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. We cut to Houston, Texas, and a field of large satellite dishes. There's a siren going off, and a voice calls out for Doctor Ross, saying they have satellite from the Congo. Why? Why would you have a siren for this? Yeah, no. I, I'm. Yeah. I, I don't know why. Makes like, no sense. Oh my god! Oh my god! There's a siren! Quick, bag your stuff. Where are you going? It just means the kettle's boiled. <laughs> Maybe they were just shocked that they're still alive. Well, no, they, they don't know anything's wrong at this point. Well, that's true. Maybe they've not heard from them for a few days, though. Oh right. Maybe. Yeah, still seems rather extreme for just it, a video no, call. It no, it definitely is. Although, when you Skype me, I have a similar sound. <laughs> <laughs> and flashing red lights. Dr. Ross hurries to the communications room with Rudy, the Travacom security. Rudy says he's been made to change security every hour now. And currently it's Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Yeah. That's from something, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, isn't it? From a, something else. Is, isn't it? A, it's from a movie, isn't it? Yeah, we just, it's called Congo. Yeah. <laughs> And we watched it. No, no. Mushy peas tonight for dinner. I'm not quite there yet. Um, oh, okay. It's no, it's from a. Uh, I think it's from a, um, a Cary Grant movie. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, anyone more intelligent knows they can email us and let us. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Tell us yeah. how wrong we are. Oh, yeah. Dr. Ross is told that Charles has found the right place. The video link is secured and Charlie appears. As they greet each other, an earthquake occurs in the Congo, but Charles doesn't seem too bothered. But he jokes about not wanting to build condos there. 
Travis reveals that he's found chemically flawless blue alluvia. Now, is that a thing? Yeah, sand, gravel, sediment. Okay. Kind of thing. Alluvium, usually called. Okay. <sighs> this, this is why you're here, Colin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He puts it into a phasic laser as a demonstration. But points out it's going to be pretty raw without a real diamond. And he fires and ignites some plants. Yeah, it starts a huge forest fire that decimates the entire country. But it's fine. They've invented a laser, so that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. You know, now he just has to invent something to put the fire out. <laughs> they found the alluvia washed down in a stream. So one of his associates, Jeffrey, has gone to search for the source. He suggests they relink in an hour. Dr. Ross asks for his coordinates, but Charles breaks the connection before answering. So Charles goes and finds Jeffrey, who's excited by a discovery. He's standing on a small clifftop overlooking a lagoon. He tells Charles to jump in, then leaps into the water himself. Charles follows. They swim through a narrow opening in a rock wall, and on the other side they discover more jungle, but with ancient statues and buildings. Now, when he kept saying the name Jeffrey... The only thing that kept coming into my head every time was rainbow. Or is he just, he just, he's like climbing through and he crawls through and there's just bungle <laughs> and, and, uh, what's that hippo's name? Uh, Jeffrey. No, oh, Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's the, guy. the guy, isn't he? Um, so you had bungle, zippy. No, bungle. Bungle is the yeah. hippo. No, no, bungle's the bear. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Uh, Zippy, George, was it George? Yeah, it's George. Ah, you see, yes. Yeah, yeah. Rod, yeah so Rod, they're just on the other side. Yeah, Rod, Jane and Freddy. No, would you? Oh, sorry, I thought you said would I Rod, Jane and Freddy, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know what you meant, it's weird language you were using. Uh, yeah, Rod, Jane and Freddy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bungle, Zippy and George. They did an adult version, didn't they, at one point? Yeah, a rude one, yes. Yeah, a rude one, a stage mm. show version. Mm -hmm. I've seen clips of it. It's de yeah, definitely up our street, yeah. Well, okay. We should dig it out sometime. Mm. That would have been fun if they had crawled through there and found those three. It, it certainly would have been more of a turn-up than Bruce Campbell as well, I have to say. Yeah, mm. surprisingly. Mm. Yeah. So another earthquake occurs. Charles tells Jeffries that they'll have to get another team in here to explore. Jeffries agrees and heads into the vegetation to grab his bag. We cut back to Texas. Now, R.B. Travis arrives on a golf cart clutching a golf club. He's the boss of Travis Cobb. Yeah, he's a James Bond connection as well. He is a major James Bond connection because he played... He played um, Brad Whitaker in Living Daylights. Mm -hmm. And he also and... played someone else in Goldeneye that I can't actually remember the name of the character. And it, and he's in Tomorrow Never Dies as well. Oh, playing the same character, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look. Yeah, is he is he the only actor who's played the main Bond villain and then switched to playing a good guy? I, I can't think of any others. It's a weird idea, isn't it? Because it wasn't even a long time between those films. Oh, I guess there was because of delay in making. Mm. It just, but odd, odd idea. Yeah, yeah, but I suppose it's no no stranger than the idea of um, every time Bond goes to see Felix, it's a different Felix, apart from once. 
Ah, uh, yeah, because you got to remember, these are the days when we didn't have to have everything in a union. Exactly, yeah. 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 It does make you wonder how they're going to approach a new James Bond once uh, Daniel Craig hangs it up, doesn't it? Ideally, they shouldn't approach it. They should just carry on and I know. do whatever they've been doing. Before. But they won't because but I get I, they're not going I, to. Yeah, they're, I get the. They're going to come up with some nonsense. Yeah, and I get the feeling that this Daniel Craig movie is going to wrap up his story, so that uh, there's nowhere to go for that that particular Bond after this. I don't know. I'm sick of this universe idea. <laughs> well, you're sick of this universe. I'm glad you said <laughs> idea at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Tired of living. <laughs> I'm Derek Collins. It's not that bad. It's only a movie. <laughs> it is. So Dr. Ross tells him what Charles has found. Travis is excited because with diamonds like that, they can dominate the communications industry overnight. Yeah. Because, you know, laser communications. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Yeah. You sure? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back in the Congo, Charles is getting fed up with waiting for Jeffries. It's been a long time. He breaks open some food, but an object falls alongside him. So now you're throwing stuff at me? He picks the object up. It's a blooded human eye. He eats it. No, he doesn't. That'd be a turn up, wouldn't it? No, no, no. It's an eye, not a turn up. It's a different kind of food. Like a pickled onion. Juicy. Yeah. There's a growling sound and he turns. Something approaches him and Charles screams. It's a great scream. It's it an is. evil dead scream, yeah. isn't it? And the look on his face as well. It's very ash. Back at Traviscom, they've been waiting for Charles to call them. They turn on the auto remote. The camera pans around the cab site, revealing the bloody bodies of the research team. So if they got an auto remote, they didn't really need to wait for him to call. They could have called him. That, that is true. That is true. Maybe they only just remembered that they got a, an auto remote. Or maybe someone has to turn it on on the campsite, but then it's not an auto not, remote, no. is it? If it? You know, you, you, you're thinking it? about things too much again, Colin. <laughs> okay. An object moves across the view. It growls. Dr. Ross asks for a thermal scan. It reveals seven dead people. There's an animal-like screaming, and the camera is knocked over, showing the ripped open face of somebody. It's quite graphic as well, isn't it? One yeah. of the bodies, I'm pretty. Yeah, it's good. It's one good of the bodies, nice. I'm pretty sure he's got his intestines hanging out. Oh, they're just partying. <laughs> what hanging? <laughs> Having a few drinks, you know. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty full on. It's the way you like it. it. I'm guessing that this was a PG or a 12 when it came out. I don't know what it is now. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. It must have been, yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would say PG or a twelve in in the UK. So probably a PG thirteen in the states, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Doctor Ross says she'll get help, but can't get out because Travis has changed the code, and he violently smashes the monitor of a golf club, causing it to flame. But he won't give the code out. He's in damage control. He doesn't want anybody to know what has happened. Not even his wife, who is Charles' mother. Yes. They tried to figure it out. Was it baboons? Gorillas? Tribal people? A rival company? Paul avoiding the bear bill? What was it? Don't fight me on that. Dr. Ross has no time for Travis's corporate delusions. But he yells at her. I need those diamonds. It's the future. 
Most people think it's their children that are the future, she replies. Travis continues, The 10,000 people depend on me, and this technology will be their cash cow. The diamonds are the only thing that will keep the company going. Charles knew that, and that's why he went. Dr. Ross says Charles went to please him. Then she realizes she's talking about him as if he's dead. And it's revealed that Dr. Ross almost married Charles. Travis says that she'll have to go to the Congo and find out what happened because she's good in the field. Yes. He orders Rudy to find what? The, no, no, well, I don't well, know. Well, well, what are you laughing at? No, no, no. He orders Rudy to find an existing expedition and take it over. Time is important because if what's happened becomes public, Zaire will close the borders. She asks him to tell her that he loves his son, and that's why he's sending her. He says he does, but she says if at any moment she thinks that that's not true, then she will make him sorry. That might come back later. Guess we'll find out. I think she's she. This is an example of how to write a female character well. I think. Bingo. Yes, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She she's not. She's str- she's strong. Yeah. She takes charge. She doesn't need to be like mollycoddled by men, mm-hmm. but yet she's not horrible or nasty about it. Exactly, exactly. And she's not a Mary Sue either. She's not an expert at everything in the world, you know, just because she is. Right. You know, she right. She doesn't know everything, but what she does know, she's good at. Yeah. You know, she's an expert yeah. in her field. Um, and yeah, I completely agree with what you just said, yeah. So we got to Berkeley, California. We seem to be in a kind of infant's classroom. The wall is filled with paintings of the same kind of image, green foliage and yellow eye. Sorry. I just I just I just felt the camera like with all this wall full of hand paintings, you know, like you're in an infant school and it just pants to the right and you're just sat on the floor in your pants. <laughs> and you, you finger painted your face. Well, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, Colin. I mean just a matter of time, right? All it takes is one good night. Or one bad day. One bad day. <laughs> the bad day comes after the good night, Colin. You know this. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. true. That's true uh, especially yeah. at our age. Yeah. So we hear somebody telling a person called Amy to paint on the paper, and as the camera pans across, it's revealed that Amy is a gorilla. Fantastic gorilla. Fantastic suit. It's amazing. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. Makes you, you you care about Amy, right? You within about a minute of of seeing this, you forget that it isn't real. You know, it's it's got to put right. Um, she's got a personality. You you know, it it, it just feels like a, a character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And with the gorilla is Richard. Now, Dr. Peter Elliott enters. Amy is pleased to see him and jumps into his arms. Richard tells him that Amy had a great night, no nightmares. He tells Richard to clean her up. It's showtime. Later, Peter is given a presentation about sign language and converting those signals into audible speech. Amy is brought in. She's carrying a backpack and has an arm device. She gives Peter flowers. Amy does sign language and it's converted into speech and the audience is stunned. One of the audience members, though, has other thoughts. This is Herkimer Homolka. He takes out a ring from an old book. The ring has an eye on it, similar to the ones that Amy has been drawing. I'd take Tim Curry in anything, wouldn't you? 
I wondered what you was going to say. That I was going to say I, I'd take a ring any day or something. <laughs> but uh, uh, yep, yep. I mean, this, this has really good actors in it who are really in, seem to be enjoying the roles they're playing, especially one person who's coming oh, yes, later. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I've got. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about him when he appears. Um, Tim Curry specializes. I think there was a period, wasn't there, in, particularly in the nineties, where Tim Curry specialized in playing these kind of roles, these kind of slightly sleazy, over the top, bad guy type people. With a weird, yeah, accent. with a weird. Oh, and this is a this is a cracking accent as well that he's doing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So we cut to Amy crying after having a nightmare. She's panicking. They have to sedate her. Peter points out that she was getting better when she started drawing. He looks around the room filled with the paintings and realizes that the place is starting to resemble a jungle. Peter goes to the college president and tells him that he thinks Amy wants to go home, but the president doesn't want Peter setting her free because with Amy they can get grants. Peter tells him that Amy could teach the mountain gorillas how to sign, but the president refuses to pay for the expedition. Without warning, sorry, go on. Isn't, um... I mean, teaching teaching gorillas and apes how to talk. I mean, isn't that how Planet of the Apes started? I mean, they haven't thought this through, have they? No, no, it's the beginning of the downfall. It for is. Us, they're they're opening a whole can of worms there that they don't want to touch, really. Yeah, who wants to touch a can of worms? <laughs> do you take everything literally? Yes. You do. Or do you? Or do you literally yes. take everything? Both. <laughs> I, I literally take everything literally. <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Without warning, Herkimer appears and says he will pay to have Amy return to the Congo and be set free. Richard agrees. Amy is going home. We cut to Amy looking at a 3D book of the jungle. She's excited about going. At the airport, they're getting ready to board. Dr. Ross turns up as Peter's preparing Amy. She has to join them. I mean, she keeps asking, but Peter doesn't want mm -hmm. her to come along. Apparently because Amy gets jealous. Yeah, doesn't she keep calling her ugly woman or something? Yeah. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah. Meanwhile, the baggage handlers have started taking their luggage off the plane. Peter doesn't know why. Herkimer appears and tells Peter not to be too hasty about Dr. Ross and also tells him that they're unloading the plane because he can't afford to pay for the fuel. Dr. Ross offers to pay. Peter says, no, 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 I'll, I'll pay. And the fuel is $56,000. Oh, she'll pay. Mm -hmm. What happens, mm -hmm. yeah? Well, she's, she's got deep, well, her boss has got deep pockets. Mm -hmm. That's right, yeah. She, so she says, you mm -hmm. need me. So we cut to the plane taking off. Dr. Ross has joined them, after all. Amy isn't happy, and as you said, she keeps referring to Dr. Ross as ugly woman, and then throws an egg at her. <laughs> I'd take that. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, um, you got, you got any more, love? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Can we have egg, eggs for the person sat at seat 72? Yeah. Keep it coming. Ross is worried that Amy is dangerous. Peter tells her and Herkimer as well, to stop per perpetuating the myth that gorillas are dangerous. Dr. Ross asks him if he's sure there are no gorillas that would kill. Please, you can't be serious. What's your area of expertise, folk singing? That's a good line. Mm -hmm. It is. 
She tells him her area of training and says as far as she can see, Peter and his protégé belong in a circus. Amy wants a drink and Peter serves her a martini. Yeah, I bet you were licking your lips at this one, weren't you? You like a martini, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. She's allowed one, which is like you, right? You're allowed one. <laughs> allowed one what? <laughs> one martini. I'm allowed one martini, am I? Yeah, you're allowed one. I mean, you put it in a bucket, but it's still just one, yeah. right, pal? Right? Just one? Just one, yes. Yes. I've cut, I've cut just that. Just one. Oh, sorry. Not a bucket. No. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> As most people go to sleep, Dr. <laughs> Ross is checking something. Peter apologizes to her for calling her ugly. It was for Amy's benefit. He asks her why she's going to Africa. Her answer is vague. To find something I lost. We arrive in Central Africa, and we, we get Eddie Ventro greeting them. Yeah, it's played by Joey Pants. Yeah, who's uncredited. I wonder why he was uncredited. I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he just didn't enjoy his time. Strange, I mean, he, he is, he, he was one of those actors that seemed to pop up in everything at one point, wasn't he? Yeah. I've met him, yeah. actually. Have you? Yeah, I met him at a con once, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, what was he for? Like what film or TV show? I was he think he was just there. Uh, um, generally, I think he was. It was like a London Comic Con type thing. So he, you know, there was lots of people there that weren't necessarily promoting anything. They were just there to make a fast buck. You know. Ah, okay. <clears throat> he seemed all right. Oh, nice. Great story. Save it for your book. He acts like Doctor Ross is in charge of the expedition, Amplic, which would nice. Pamphlet. What? Pamphlet. Pamphlet. Yeah. Oh, you write a pamphlet. Well, you say pamphlet. It's more of a, more of a, a postcard. <laughs> postcard. You say a postcard. It's stamp size. <laughs> and mostly drawings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, so they climb aboard those little cars. They have at airports. Don't know what they're called. Do you? Like a golf buggy type thing. Go a golf buggy type thing. Everybody knows what we mean. Yeah. Eddie asks Peter if he wants to sell the gorilla. Herkimer is interested, but Peter cuts him off. Eddie reveals that Travis has loaded them up with equipment, some of which, like a balloon, they don't need. Do you reckon they won't need it? No, but it's good the way they put it in. What, and it doesn't just turn up later, luckily? Yeah, but but it's yeah. also like her face is like a balloon. Yeah. Oh, we don't need that. Get rid of that. So I mm -hmm. like that bit. As they ride across the runway, some soldiers run in front. And he goes, hi, fellas. Dr. Ross asks him who they are. Fuck if I know. And I don't get paid to ask. We're on our third government in two years. <laughs> Do you think this is a bit stereotypical? Well, it depends. Was it 95? Was there a lot of stuff kicking off? I, I, see, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there could well have been. But, but it just seems that whenever... Hollywood deal with these kind of countries. There always seems to be some sort of revolution going on in them. Well, isn't that because these films that deal with these kind of countries are usually set in revolutions or about revolutions? I suppose. They're not really about something else except that subject matter. Mm. Do you think they tagged it on into this to give it a kind of a, a some something in the background? No, I would have to look up what was going on in the Congo in the mid-90s. Mm. Maybe it's actually what was happening. And we're not going to do that? No. No. 
I mean, in fairness, it does kick off a lot in that continent. I suppose, yeah. Different suppose. countries over there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Suddenly an explosion goes off. More soldiers are running around. Eddie tells them to get their passports out, and while explaining the political situation, he stamps their passports. Now, Monroe appears. Uh, yeah. Isn't his, name, his name's Monroe Kelly, isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Played by Ernie Hudson. No, Ernie Hudson's... Um, what can we say? He's great, Ernie Hudson. He's, he's great in everything that, that, that I've, seen, I've seen him in. But this he seems, is his favourite role, by the way. Is it? Well, he, he seems yeah. like he's having a whale of a time doing it. Yep. Um... And he also seems to be doing his best James Earl Jones impersonation as well. Yeah, my feeling is that Monroe Kelly doesn't really sound like that, but that's just the image he portrays to everyone else. Yeah, because uh, he's, I, I guess, he, he's the guy that people hire in that country to to be their guide and, and look after them, isn't he? Yeah. And doesn't he, he refers to himself as uh, the great white hunter, doesn't he? But then he says, the only difference is I'm black. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, later on. Yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic performance, though. This is the thing about this film is that um, Monroe and uh, Herkimer and Dr. Ross and also Eddie Ventro, they're all more interesting characters than the main character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. When 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 Elliot's on the screen, you're not looking at Elliot anyway because you're usually he's on the screen with Amy and you're looking at Amy. So he's kind of right. He's kind of lost in this movie, isn't he? This actor. Yeah. 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 I mean, I suppose he had to be because everyone else has to take charge and be the more. Uh, I don't know what you would call it. Push the story along. Yeah. Because he hasn't really got much to do, really. No, he doesn't. Push the story along. His, his whole role is just to babysit Amy. That's true. That's true. And, and, and it, 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 it stands out even more when you've got Ernie Hudson and Tim Curry um, firing off against each other because they're, they're so... It's almost like they're trying to upstage each other, trying to you know, take control of the scene. From one another, and he's yeah. I, I'm guessing that they had fun together, Tim Curry and Ernie Hudson in this. Hey, yeah, looking from it, I would mm. say so. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But standing up against that, he's going to get lost completely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it turns out the president's car was bombed, and there's a civil war erupting around them. Guards stop the truck from leaving the airport, but they manage to get through. Monroe gives Amy a cigar, then introduces himself. Mm -hmm. Oh, like you said, you just said the line. Uh, Monroe explains the situation that whenever the leadership of one of these little Central African countries comes into question, they tend to murder everybody. Monroe goes on to say, 20th century sucks. Maybe the 21st would be better. Ooh, hate to tell you, Monroe. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't hold out your hope. Yeah, no. yeah. Peter doesn't want to be mixed up with Monroe, who he thinks is a criminal. He says they should go their own way. Monroe thinks he recognizes Herkimer. When Monroe is told about what their expedition is, he tells Dr. Ross that it's a good cover. Peter is confused. I'm nobody's cover. Monroe doesn't know what Dr. Ross's mission is, but he knows that no company would spend the money they're spending just to release a gorilla back into the wild. 
A truck is stopped by soldiers and Peter and Richard take her to what looks like a hospital to be questioned. Meanwhile, Herkimer, Munro and Dr. Ross are taken to appear before Captain Wanta. He tells them to sit down and offer some coffee and cake. He can't be that much of a bad guy. He's got cake. Hey, he'd win you over, wouldn't he? Actually, he'd win me over too. I don't know why I picked on you <laughs> okay. for that. That would have to be tea, uh, though, wouldn't it, for you? Yeah, tea. I drink though. coffee too, so oh, I don't mind. You prefer tea, though, don't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Tea and cake. Oh, sounds great, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Tea and cake and, and Aunt Sally. I suppose a gummage reference then. I'm watching those yeah, at the yeah. moment on Britbox. Oh, you are? Yeah. Have you seen the new ones? Terrible. Oh, I like them. Oh, do you? Oh, he's got he's, yep. he's got a face that looks like something from a nightmare. Yeah. No, I don't like that at all. Although, in all fairness, I'm pretty yeah. sure that um, John Pertwee used to freak me out when I was a kid as well. Not generally. I mean, as yeah. well as gummage. Oh, just personally. <laughs> Come around your house. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't like the new ones. I, I much prefer the old ones. Which is weird, because I didn't really watch no. it as a kid. I, I caught it in and out. No, I know. I, I didn't really watch it as a kid. Mm. I'm pretty shamed in it now, though. Yeah. A lot more. Well, I prefer the new ones. You're just too old. Yeah. <laughs> One tears a printout of Dr. Ross's background. She used to work for the CIA. Monroe says he needs the truck. Dr. Ross hands Monroe money, which he slaps onto the table. More, says Wanta. And more money is offered. Meanwhile, Herkimer sits quietly eating the cake. <laughs> this guy playing this, what? is he a general, is he, this guy? Cap, uh, Captain. Captain. He, he's loving every second of it as well, isn't he, this actor? You can just tell. Is it? All, all the, the small roles are really, like, fleshed out yeah. and interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, he looks at Herkimer and he's like, stop eating my sesame cake. What are you doing in my country? Want to ask him. And then refers to him as a big bag of shit. <laughs> yeah, don't mention words. Wow, and reveals that Herkimer owes money to everybody. He's dragged out. One of the soldiers fondles Dr. Ross's hair and she elbows him in the balls. She's not to be messed with. Nope. Wanta puts the money in a brown bag and <laughs> he staples it and he's like, don't want nobody peeking. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a fun moment. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. He reveals that it's the gorilla that would get across the country because nobody in his country wants to appear in an American movie being cruel to a gorilla. It's true. Yeah. They're released and continue their journey and reach Tanzania. Their luggage is placed aboard a DC-10. I, I love the shot when... Um, I love how they keep putting random zebras in places just to remind us that we're in Africa <laughs> at times. Oh, is that what you thought it was for? <laughs> yeah. I thought it's because the beauty of the country... Yeah. It's just that they, they drive to where, they, to where the plane is on the tarmac. And as the camera mm -hmm. pans along, there's just two random zebras. Uh, it made me chuckle. Did it? Yeah. And then I think we cut to a couple of zebras run, running as well. <laughs> oh, there's lots of shots of animals yeah. just pondering around. Yeah. But, I mean, at least they look like the pair to the film and not nicked from something else. They do. They do. And I don't know where this was shot, whether they did shoot it in Africa or not. I know, I know a lot of it's sound stages, but, you know, the outside. Yeah. Bit. Um, yeah. But, but if it is in Africa, it, it sells it. it. It doesn't, there's nothing yeah. in it that makes it, probably the zebras make it look, <laughs> make no, it look. It's not like, it's not like when the A-team go off to the Congo or something and you and you watch it and go, it looks very much like Los Angeles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we 
with stock footage. Yes, different different grade. <laughs> the footage is in a yeah, completely uh, yeah. different grade. Just, yeah, it's black and white. <laughs> what was the movie that they did got that? Bi- in? I got, got a biplane flying over. Yeah, what, what was the movie they did that in? Uh, was it airplane? Where he kept having flashbacks, and it would be like first world yeah. war planes and things like that in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Monroe realizes he does know Herkimer and asks him if he's still looking for Solomon's lost city. Apparently, it was an earlier expedition and it ended in disaster with Herkimer being the only survivor carried out by Monroe. Yeah, isn't there some line about uh, a terrible suicide or something? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because there's the implications that maybe Herkimer killed. Killed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The plane takes off. We see somebody places some drugs into a banana. Peter wonders that with the border to Zaire shut down, how are they going to get in? Suddenly, an explosion rocks the plane. Soldiers on the ground are firing missiles at them. If they start using heat seekers, then they've had it. And this is one of those scenes where Laura Linney's character like just takes charge, yeah. but it seems like fitting for her. Mm-hmm. So she just grabs a flare gun and some flares, kicks open the plane door and starts firing the flare gun towards the missiles, causing it to explode. Monroe sees her do this and then copies her. He doesn't say anything. He just follows what she's doing. No, it's a good idea. It is. It works perfectly as well. Yeah. They all start putting parachutes on. Their equipment is pushed out the plane. Monroe takes Amy. They jump and they all manage to land okay. Peter starts to get a little whiny at this point, right? Yeah, he starts to complain about um, Amy and that she's going to get hurt and things like that, doesn't he? And he's like, he doesn't want to go with Munro, but what are you going to do at this point? Your plane's been shot out of the sky. (laughs) Yeah. You've got these these, hunters here who are trained for Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. You're not going to be able to fend for yourself. And it it doesn't make the character any better by having him... Whining no, and whinging just like whinging yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Going back to the plane, did you did you catch the fantastic moustache on the pilot? Yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, one of those yeah. typical. Um, it was like a World War Two um, fighter pilot moustache, didn't it? Like a handle, almost a handlebar yeah, type. Yeah, great moustache. Yeah. 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 See, little little things. Definitely. Yeah. Love a moustache, though. Amy's it. <clears throat> you love a moustache pressed against your face. <laughs> I've walked into that one, didn't I? You've, you've, yeah, you've walked into a few moustaches yeah. in your time. <laughs> All right, Amy is exploring the jungle, looking at the animals. Herkimer asks Peter about the drawings that Amy paints. He asks him about the shape in the middle, but Peter dismisses it as simply something that Amy likes. But Herkimer suspects more. Mm-hmm. Monroe questions Ross about a gadget she's using to track something. She doesn't reveal anything, so he asks her, about why she left the CIA. And she tells him. They make camp and Monroe takes... Oh, and, and it, they've got... So they make camp and then it revealed that she's got like air conditioners, little portable air conditioners. Yeah. That you would think like would belong in glamping rather than exhibition into the jungle. But then Monroe's like, oh, hell, I'll take one. <laughs> they're not very eco-friendly either, are they? Yeah. No, no, they're not. <laughs> Yeah, but he, he just, he's quite happy. He's like, yeah, I'll have one of those. Thank you very much. Yeah, he's not bothered about, you know, looking rough no, and tough. not at all. 
He talks to Herkimer and questions him on trying to find the lost city of Zinge. That's Zinge, Paul. I, I did mishear it quite a few times in this film, <laughs> I have to did say, you? yes. You'd be like, oh, I, I tell you what, I've explored for that city a few times in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Amy and Peter are playing around the camp. You can see him in the background running backwards and mm, forwards, mm-hmm. playing hide and seek. Dr. Ross contacts Travis and tells him they're picking up a clear signal from the laser pack. Travis tells him they've analyzed the images of the last video. Oh, Travis tells her they've analyzed the images of the last video and that the creature is a new type of gorilla. Amy runs past and knocks over the communication system. And Travis sees a glimpse of Amy before the connection breaks and he thinks they've been attacked like before. Yeah, like happened with Charles. So it's nighttime. There's a full moon and the monkeys are chattering. Are they? Yeah. No, not the band. (laughs) Okay. I I did wonder for a second. Okay. The next day, it's pouring down with rain, and the expedition makes their way through the dense jungle. They battle against the weather. The next morning, Amy opens up one of the trunks and takes out a banana. Peter wakes up and discovers something on his grind. Last weekend, the best-selling novel by the author of Jurassic Park became the number one movie in America. See it? Now at theaters everywhere. Yes, he certainly does. Um, he wakes up, Dr. Elliot, panicking. There's a leech on the end of his, um, you know what? What? His you know what? Yeah, what? I don't. No, he's 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 his thing. Finger. Thing. No. His nose. His thing. His thing. Yes. Yes. His thing. Oh, well, we in play school. Right. I'll say the word. His todger. todger. That's it. I like. Yeah, I like that. No, I mean I don't like. No, I mean. <laughs> oh, you yeah. like todger, especially if it comes with a moustache. <laughs> they usually do that, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, well, depends if you're into waxing, I suppose. Uh, no, I'm not. Wasn't that your uh, Wasn't that your band name in school, the Hurry Todger? <laughs> I walked into that again, didn't I? Yeah. 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 I just stopped walking into these Hurry Todgers. Hurry Todger and his testicles. <laughs> Were you one of the testicles then? I was just the hairy todgers and testicles support. I just supported them. Like a truss. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Don't remember any of that, but okay. <laughs> oh. Was it a fever dream? I hope so. Um, everyone finds it amusing, and Kelly gives him his cigar to burn it off. That's a tricky operation, isn't it? Yeah, and he does it very quickly as well. Why, would you take your time? Well, wouldn't you? No. Well, it's, it's a bit dangerous. You're just, you're just touching the leech. What do you want to do? You want to hold it? <laughs> I don't want to know about these things about you. <laughs> I just think it's a bit dangerous, you know. Have an accident. You want a cigar? You want a cigar? Don't, don't, don't give him a cigar, because you, you know where he puts it. <laughs> Beg your pardon. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Can you, 
Yeah, you take the cigar and you just stick it in your pants. Oh, I see. All right, okay. All right. Yeah. I've heard of a smoking jacket. I've never heard of smoking pants. Suddenly they find that there are natives watching them. There's only two, but Kelly tells them there'll be a lot more watching them from the undergrowth. Yeah. Kelly tells the natives that he's in charge, but they find that amusing. One of the natives tells them that there is a dead white man in the forest with a symbol on his clothes, which he then draws in the dirt. Mm, Ross recognises the symbol. It's the company that she works for. Right. She's upset, asking, is he really dead? But Kelly reassures her, saying that there are several levels of dead and he's not dead unless he's really dead. Well, that makes sense. Uh, no, it does. Like, I have several levels of boredom. I have, you know, Beauty and the Beast level. <laughs> and I have... <laughs> and they're very similar to several levels of dead. I mean, we all have several levels of dead when you think about it. Do we? If you're, if you're in a job you hate despise your life that's almost like a you know a level of death living isn't it? death You're just going through the motions yeah. yeah all right okay yeah they set off through the jungle and find more natives performing some kind of a ceremony mm. yeah. now was it me or did they all seem probably <laughs> did they all seem to be singing she gobbles it up Is... it it, it, sound, it sounded right. to me like they were singing she gobbles it up. She gobbles it up. She gobbles it up. Really? Yeah. I didn't get that. Maybe it was just me, but that, that's that's what it sounded like to me. Who is the that's she? What I'm thinking. And what is she eating? And, and how is this going to bring back a half dead man? Ah, not half dead. Uh, he's one of well, he's one of the levels. One of the levels. One of yes. the levels. Okay. Yeah, one of the levels. Yeah, she gobbles it up. That's what it sounded like. Mm. Gosh. The natives take Ross to the body of the white man. She recognises him as Driscoll, one of the men from the original party. He seems almost comatose until he catches sight of Amy, which sends him into a frenzied panic, and then he dies. Yeah. Terror. He, he dies of fright, basically, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love Amy's reaction as well. She's like, what did I do? She's got this look yeah, on her face, yeah. like, what? <laughs> it's his fault. Yeah. Kelly tells Ross that the area that they found Driscoll in is uninhabited. But Ross tells him what she saw in the video. The destroyed equipment, the bodies, and the grey gorilla of some kind. She says that she needs to find the survivors, one of whom was her former fiancé. The party then blow up some rubber rafts and they give Amy another banana with dope inside. Oh, I say dope. I don't mean like, you know, there's no heroin in it or anything like that. Well, I presume it's not heroin. No. 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 Um, the gorillas, I mean, they've given it so many drugs at this point. The gorillas probably off its tits at this point now, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what's wrong with the grey gorillas. Maybe they're all, they can't get enough drugs. Well, they're jonesing for something, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Could be, could be. Elliot starts to sing California Dream into Amy as she drifts off, and they load it onto the raft, and everyone else joins in the sing song. Yeah, it's a nice moment. Yeah, I, I like I, it. I, and I like us. I like it's not perfectly... It's not a perfect rendition of California Dream. It's slightly off, like a bunch of people just singing it. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we're, we're getting into musical territory, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dancers come yeah. on. 
That'll be a turn up. <laughs> That's three times you've used that. Is that a new phrase for you? That would be a turn up. <laughs> yeah, because this issue, are you pushing a new catchphrase? Well, I mean, the, the, the Benedictine thing's not taking off, is it? So we might as well try another one. There are people with t shirts. I've got that on. <laughs> is there really? I used to yes. have one years ago when we used to do the format of playing the uh, the trailer. But then you stopped. We, we, you, you made the executive decision that we weren't going to do that anymore. So that killed my catchphrase dead. Oh, what was your catchphrase back then? Well, that tells you everything you need to know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, one's, no one's thinking about that. <laughs> well, Twitter, Twitter has proven me uh, wrong, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So your new one is what a turn up. I'll try it. I'll see. I'm oh, testing it. Out. I'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. What a turn up. All right. So they're traversing the river on the rafts. Ross questions Hamolka about Solomon's treasure, and he tells her that once they get there, they will all be rich. But Kelly is still convinced that it doesn't exist. Yeah, because he's never seen it, and he's been exploring this area for a long time. Yeah, he's been there. Yeah, he's been there. What? Do they, do they say how long he's been there? But I guess it's been like... 6,000 years. Area. He's good for his age, looking good. Oh, yeah. Other expeditions came back with nothing, but Homolka explains that he believes that they have an advantage, Amy. He pulls out the trinket with the eye and compares it to Amy's paintings. He believes that Amy can find the city for them. So I guess he thinks yeah. he, that she's been there. Oh, she comes from yeah. there, yeah. Ross's GPS signal suddenly cuts out, but she doesn't know why. It's night time. Everyone is scanning the water nervously when suddenly a huge hippo attacks. This is a um, a big um, animatronic as well, isn't it? Yeah, big hungry hippo. Yeah. It looks like a hungry hippo because you only see the, the top half, this don't you? Yellow one. It's got a black lever at the back of it. <laughs> Funny, it's st- even though it did that, it still looked real. Yeah, yeah. Although those hippos just chase balls, little white balls, so maybe they'd have been all right if it was a hungry hippo. Yeah, well, this one does, it does get one person, doesn't it? Yeah, hippos are violent. Yeah, yeah. Got guns and everything. Well, they haven't got guns. I mean, they're not even got arms, so I can have guns. <laughs> I wonder what you're going to do then. Um, they manage to fight it off and head for the shore. A few of them are wounded. Suddenly, a damaged aircraft zooms overhead. Who are they? asks Ross. I don't know, but the Air Force has got a piece of their ass, replies Kelly. It's a good line, and he says ass and not ass, because he's kind of using it. He's got he's, His accent's kind of British, isn't it, at times? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, like, yeah, it's supposed to be British in some kind, but my my feeling is... He's not really yeah, British. He's putting it on. I mean, I know the actor's not, but I but the character's not really, yeah. because I think it's put on. And I think I, I, you know, that's why when it falters occasionally, I don't mind because I I think it's a pretense anyway. I, I like that. It makes it makes the character even more interesting as well. Yeah. Wouldn't it be good to have a spin-off with Munro and Doctor Ross? Yes, and they're still around, so you could do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not going to happen. Was this movie a flop? No, made, made money. money. Oh, it was good. Right, okay. Yeah. 
So it's morning and the group are heading up the mountain. Amy is getting excited as they get closer. They make camp and Amy and Elliot share a moment looking down into the valley where she came from. There's lots of moments like that in this movie, isn't there, between Amy and Elliot? Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's why it makes the ending such sweet sorrow. Did you cry? Did you have a tear? Did you have a teary eye? I I had my tear ducts removed a long time ago. (laughs) Along with your heart. Although we established uh, a couple of years ago that you keep it. Keep it in a box under the bed. You know that. Just in case you need it. Tear tear ducts are gone completely. Otherwise, I'd cry every time you call me. (laughs) This is true, yes. (laughs) Yes, I've had to have them removed. Kelly tells them that they've lost two men who have run off. They argue about which way to go and decide to follow Amy. Which makes sense. Well, technically, you've not, you've not lost them if they've run off. You've lost they've themselves. lost themselves, yeah. And they're probably going to die. Yeah. Um, That's true. I'd rather stay with Monroe than go running off on my own. Definitely. Yeah. They stumble upon the crash plane. It's another expedition sent by Ross's boss, and it looks like there were no survivors. Seriously shot down, crashed, it's in bits yeah. everywhere. Um, and the bodies are gone. Oh, there must be some bodies inside because he tells her, don't go in, You, he stops her from going in to look. They keep moving when suddenly they're confronted by a growling native gorilla. Kelly tells them all to stay still. More, more great... The, the actual ones that are based on real gorillas look fantastic, don't they? They look real. Right, the yeah, gorilla yeah. makes a show of force before stomping off into the undergrowth. The funny thing is, is that when Elliot turns around, Kelly's about 20 yards in the background. And when he asks what happened to you, Kelly just smiles and just says, I ran away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he says, you know what? Because they're together and he's like, you know what to do. He's like, you have to stand and stir it down. Don't move. And Peters is like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. I've read the books. I've read the books. And it closes on his eyes and stuff. And then when he pans back, he's gone. And like he says, he's like, I ran away. Sorry. <laughs> so he's not, he's, like, like you said before, he's not um, adverse to, to letting the, as he calls it, the great big white hunter facade drop. He's not, he, he couldn't go less, could he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, they continue and suddenly one of the groups sets off a tripwire, which in turn sets off a perimeter alarm. They find a camp. That looks ransacked. Yeah. The body's gone. Equipment taken. The alarm's going off. Oh my God. Oh my God. Don't, don't worry. It's just a kettle boiling yes. again. I told you, we alarm everything. Must be a video call. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Yes. Yeah. They come to what looks like a dead end, but then they find a tunnel that leads through to another part of the forest. Amy gets nervous. They come to a clearing, and there they find a huge collection of ruins. It's the city of Singe. Amy looks into the jeweled eye of the great stone head, the one from her dreams. The group slowly investigate. Homolka tells the story of Solomon, and how upon discovering the diamond mines, they built the city on top of it. Maybe the mines ran dry in the end, wonders Kelly, but Homolka vehemently believes that they're still there. One of the men finds a piece of ripped clothing outside an opening and they go inside, leaving Richard to stand watch. He's uh, he's going to die, isn't he? Right, his character doesn't really serve much purpose. He's not even... I mean, he, I'm guessing he's there as a sidekick, but he's not even that, is he? 
Not really, because there's so many other characters. That yeah, and he's not he's not funny. No, I don't know why he's in mm. this film. Except the only, I guess someone has. They figure someone has to be with Amy when Peters is not there. Hmm. Someone that knows Amy, not just one of the yeah. the sort of guards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose. Inside some kind of temple, they find hieroglyphics on the walls, particularly the symbol of the eye over and over. Outside, Richard is trying to start a conversation with the men with little success. They're just not interested in talking to him, are they? No, no, because he's like, uh, where are you from? Yeah. Mombasa. What's your name? Claude. Oh, that's an unusual name for someone from Mombasa. Mm -hmm. They're like, is it? How would you know? You've never been. Yeah, and when the guy walks away, he just says, I want to go home. Yeah, yeah, he's not having a good day, is he? No, he's completely out of his depth, isn't he? Yeah. Amy has wandered off, meanwhile, finding another toppled stone head with a jewel for an eye, scurrying her. Richard starts to look for Amy, when we see a large white creature approach from behind. He turns to look at something, terror across his face. We cut back to the temple. The group enter a large room filled with lava tubes. But there doesn't seem... What? It just lava tubes makes it sound like it's just lava lamps. Lava lamps everywhere. We're yeah. like, oh, look at this. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't know they had these in those days. Very yeah, 70s. It's, uh, yeah, it's very atmospheric, isn't it? Yeah. It's got a good, good vibe to it, this room. Yeah. But there doesn't seem to be any other way in or out. Ross wonders what could have happened to Bruce Campbell's character. But I can't remember his name. Charles. Charles. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly the room shakes and Richard comes screaming into the room, covered in blood, followed by a huge, angry, white gorilla-ish, carrying the head of one of their party. Yeah. Again, this is quite gruesome, isn't it? The gorilla just flings the head. Yeah. Them. It attacks. Ross pulls out her sidearm and fires. And, and they, it's the only time they use it in this movie, and I hate this kind of jerky slow motion thing that was in a lot of 90s stuff. Right. I don't know why they, they chose to use that, because it it looks awful. The only thing I could think of is it looked far worse when it was just left alone and shot normally. But, uh, yeah, if, if they're trying to hide some of the shortcomings of, yeah. the, of the gorilla. Yeah. But then they, they show the gorillas full on in the last sort of 10 minutes of the movie, don't they? Yeah, that's so true. Then what was the point of the terrible slow motion to hide it in this scene? Unless it really looked terrible in this scene. Yeah. yeah. It's the only time they use it, right? It is, yeah. Thank God. They run for the exit, but another gorilla jumps down, blocking their path. It's Amy. They run back outside as a shadowy, hurry figure watches from the shadows. Oh, you're in this film? Yes. It's not me. Oh. <laughs> they find the rest of their party dead. Elliot can't believe what he's seeing but Homolka states that the myth of the killer ape is true. Yeah. They all lock and load for the night as Elliot puts Amy's communication gear back on her. Bad gorillas, she signs. Elliot reassures her and gives her a, her cuddly monkey. That's what it is. It's a cuddly monkey. Yeah, I think so. Mother. Yeah. Mother, Amy says again. Yeah, because that's like a baby. Mm. Don't we find that that isn't why she keeps saying mother at the end? Well, because she is a mother, or she wants to be a mother. Uh, yeah. Well, I I was thinking that maybe 
she was going to meet her mother or something like that. But then she refers to Africa as her mother, doesn't she? Yeah. As her mother. Yeah. Yeah. They've erected remote-controlled machine pistols around the perimeter. Suddenly one goes off, then another, and another. The apes are testing their defences. Like, where have we seen that before? What film's that in? In Aliens, right? Yes, it is, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> that seems to be happening a lot. I know this film was made in 1995, but that seems to be happening a lot lately. That um, A lot of, of new movies that I've watched tend to have things not... I'm not saying from Alien, or there is one in particular that did have loads of stuff from Alien. Um, but just generally riffing on, on lots of older, better movies. Yeah, and I think you're being generous using the word riffing. I know. Because some of them are identical to the original, and I think we're both yeah. talking about the same film. We are, a particular film that, that is exclusive to Netflix, yes. Yeah. Featuring zombies, got, yeah. Yeah, which has got shot for shot. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. Suddenly, the suddenly the gorillas attack on mass, and a firefight erupts. Finally, it's over, and Ross checks the thermal images. The apes are gone. Ominously, Homolka tells them that he's translated the hieroglyphs, and they say, "We are watching you." Ooh. Yeah. It's morning and the group packed to leave, but Amy, Hamolka, and some of the group seem to have disappeared. Amy has gone to find the other group of normal gorillas. She tries to make friends, but they don't seem she doesn't seem to be getting anywhere with them. And she turns yeah, away, kind of kind of sad. And she confuses them because she's got that device and she's talking and stuff. Mm. Yeah, it kind of freaks them out, doesn't it? A bit. Yeah, well it would, wouldn't it? A talking gorilla? Yeah. The group search the forest for their missing people, coming to another large temple. Ross hands Elliot a gun, which he reluctantly takes. Inside, Elliot works out from more hieroglyphs that the people oh. must have... <laughs> yeah, he's lifting weights. <laughs> doing spot yeah. frosts. What's he doing, pal? He's a, he's, it's he's a, a weird, bored. It's a yeah. weird time to look after himself, isn't it? He's, he's got a bit bored. You know? He's got to work yeah. on his abs. He's got to work yeah, his yeah. core. Uh, no, he works out. <laughs> he works out from the hieroglyph that oh. the people must have bred the gorillas this way and taught them to be violent and to kill. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I, I tried to speed through that last bit then because I thought as soon as I say the word bread, he's going to go off on something else about it to do with loaves or something. <laughs> well, me? Yes. <laughs> as I read it, as I was reading, I thought better. Better speed through this one as fast as I can. <laughs> the gorillas were guard dogs that turned on their masters. They find a pile of gorilla bones. Suddenly the ground shakes and Amy runs back for her friends. But you know why the, the gorilla bones are important? Go on. Because yeah, it means that the grey gorillas also hunt the other gorillas. The, ah, I see, yeah. And that's yeah. why... Like, no one's really too... up. Like, Amy doesn't get upset that these grey gorillas are being slaughtered at the end because those grey gorillas are bad anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And and boy, do they get slaughtered. But we'll, we'll come to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Parts of the temple collapse and Homolka reappears. He'd been investigating, looking for the mine. They move on, looking for a way out. 
Amy arrives back at the camp and grabs her gear. The group emerge into a large open space. It's the mine. Homolka drops to his knees and picks up a large diamond from the floor. And the floor's littered with, with diamonds, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But growls emerge from the caves. And Elliot urges Homolka to leave the diamonds alone. So I guess these 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 um, evil gorillas don't like people touching their rocks, do they? <laughs> no, I mean, that that's what they're trained train to do, isn't it? Is to guard the rocks. Yes. Yeah, hands off my rocks. Hamolka runs off, but is confronted by a large, snarling white gorilla. He runs back for the others, but he's surrounded. And they kill Hamolka quite graphically as well. They they literally beat the crap out of him, don't they? Yes, yeah, yeah. The group open fire. More of the men are killed. Tim Curry must be up there with Sean Bean for the number of screen deaths. I mean, he's died in a lot of stuff, Tim Curry, hasn't he? Yeah, that's true. That's interesting, mm. yeah. Ross notices a large shaft. He's the man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's the black private dick. He's the sex machine to uh, all the chicks. Yeah. Yeah. Ross notices a large shaft with a huge concentration of diamonds. Kelly tells her to keep moving. To keep so, what? Keep moving. Oh. Not Sorry. grooving, moving. Very the last grooving. of the last of Kelly's men succumbs to the apes as Ross and Elliot enter a chamber, finding Charles's dead body. <laughs> I, I I know it's a it's a dramatic moment, but the look on Bruce Campbell's face, <laughs> it, it is it is a picture. It is, yeah, and he's holding a rock. He is. Like I guess he was throwing rocks at him or something. I guess so. Yeah. The earthquake gets worse, and they rejoin Kelly, who's almost out of rounds. Ross screams to the two men to buy her two minutes as she runs back to the chamber. She pulls the laser from her bag and takes the large stone from Charles's dead hand. She smashes it against a rock, revealing a large diamond as outside Elliot and Kelly fight for their lives. Elliot falls to the ground, surrounded, when Amy runs in, snarling. The white gorillas are taken aback as she jumps down and says, Ugly gorillas, go away. Yeah. They're looking at her, aren't they? Like, what the f <laughs> It talks. Mm. The white ones back away as Amy cuddles Elliot defensively. Ross, meanwhile, puts the diamond into the laser. She tells Kelly that they're getting out of here. What about them? asks Kelly. Put them on the endangered species list, she answers, before blasting the white gorillas with lasers, chopping off arms, legs. She cuts one in half. Yeah. I don't know how that would play today, that, that line, put them on the endangered species list. We're a bit more sensitive to things like that now, aren't we? I suppose we are, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a good line, though. It is a good line. Uh, y y somebody would say today... Well, even though they might be evil gorillas, they've got just as much right to live as anyone else. That's true. Someone would say that. Admit. Someone would say that. Or they sign it. They are fictional white gorillas, these. They're not actual real species of gorilla, are they? You know, they're, as you said, they're well, stylized. These well, these, these people you've got complaining are also fictional. <laughs> can, can, can fictional people... 
who are complaining about something, is it allowed for them to complain about fictional endangered monkeys? That's something right out of a Philip K. Dick novel, that is. They run, they run for the way out as lava suddenly pours into the chamber, decimating the rest of the killer apes. I'm not sure why some of them just leap into it, are you? I, I, I assume that, that they, they have nowhere to go. Because it's coming off and pushing them off and they see it and they're like, oh, where do I go? I'll just jump. I mean, you know, people do, people and animals, they do odd things in times of panic. I suppose, I suppose. <clears throat> the group run through the collapsing city as lava erupts everywhere. Suddenly the ground splits and Elliot falls, hanging for his life above the lava. He manages to climb up and they continue to flee. Kelly and Ross make it to the edge of the city, but Amy and Elliot roll down the side of a collapsing hill and cling to, a, to the vegetation as lava boils below. Mm. Ross, blasts, Ross blasts a tree with her laser. It falls, creating a bridge across the lava flow, and Amy and Elliot start to cross. They run for high ground. The city is destroyed. Yeah. They make it back to the ruined plane and look for a distress balloon among the wreckage. There's that balloon again that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, because the other people on that other plane, they didn't get rid of it. They kept yeah. it. Yeah, I see. I, I never thought about it, but that is a that is a clever moment, isn't it? As Ross calls base on the radio, Elliot is looking for Amy. Travis replies from the base, and Ross tells him that Charles is dead. But Travis is more concerned with the diamond. Yeah. She reminds Travis of her promise. And she uses the laser to destroy his satellite. Yeah. Elliot finds Amy and they hug. She picks a flower, handing it to him, signing that she loves him. Anything? Anything, you know, in the, in the space where your heart would be at this point? I don't know what no. you mean. I don't know. No. What? Just Why? checking, just checking. Okay, alright. But it's time to go. She points to the good gorillas and the silverback is watching them. She's got herself a boyfriend. Nice. Amy takes one last look at her friends before joining the other apes. She's home. Will she be all right, wonders Elliot. They know what to do. It's us I'm worried about, replies Kelly, as the mountain is still erupting in the background. And so, climbing into the hot air balloon, Ross, Kelly and Elliot ascend into the sky. Ross hands Elliot the large diamond and asks him to throw it over the side. Which he does. does. He does. And as they soar away on the ground, Amy takes one last look before walking into the jungle with her new family. And that's the end of Congo. So, Paul, what did you think of Congo? Well, like I said before, I've never seen this. Um, although I'd, I had oh, yeah. heard mixed things about it. Virgin. virgin. Congo, Congo Virgin. Congo Virgin, yeah. You've seen that film. Yeah. You? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. You read to that yeah, a few yeah. times. But you know what? I'm actually glad that you chose this one. Because this is your choice, Colin. Really? Yeah. It's a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I chose it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Oh. I think it's a good. A little adventure movie with likable characters. It's got some good action in it. And it's got a heart that runs right through the middle of this film, I think. Unlike yours, that doesn't exist. Maybe, yeah, yeah, no, no, maybe Twitch. 
yeah, Tim Curry's performance is over the top, but you wouldn't hire him and expect anything less. And in a film where nearly everybody else, apart from the main actor, is over the top, it's fine. Not a problem. Yeah. The plot is also fine, as long as you don't think about it too much, I think. Yeah, like the don't think about Solomon in yeah. the city, no. you know. And at times, I think it's it looks gorgeous. This film, and I'm not just talking about the the you know the the wide um, expanse shots of Africa. I'm talking just the, the soundstage shots look fantastic too. You know, they. I don't agree with Stan Winston that it was lit badly. I think it looks really really good on screen. Right. But the main plus in this movie is definitely Amy. I think um, totally convincing in a way that you just don't get with modern CGI creations you completely forget that this is a human in an animatronic suit and you just accept you know your brain just accepts that this is a real ape with a personality and emotions it's one of stan winston's best i think amy um the white one's not so well done did get a flashback as i said before to tales of the golden monkey but they're okay and like you said they're not really on screen for any length of time anyway so it doesn't really right. matter so overall, yeah, this this was this was a surprising hit for me. Um, really enjoyed it. Wow, that took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. I like to take you by surprise occasionally, Colin. But please don't do that. <laughs> you you you've read the restraining order. No, you say I've read it, but I haven't. Oh yeah, that's true. No, no, no. You've had it read to you by a qualified adult. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that either, to be honest. Oh, all right. So go on. What did you think? Oh, I hated it. It's a terrible (laughs) film. Don't know how you like it. Well, I saw this at the Mm -hmm. cinema. uh, And I must have enjoyed it. I must have enjoyed it at the cinema because it's always stayed in my mind. Uh, I like it because it's a throwback to an old action and adventure story like Michael Crichton set out to write originally. And I think it also felt old-fashioned back in 95 to a certain extent. It feels like something from the yeah. mid-80s. Yeah, definitely it does, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it works well because, like you said, Ernie Hudson's great in it. Mm-hmm. Joy Pants is great in it. And um, Tim Curry's great in it. Like, all these roles are really good. The only one that falls a little flat is the main character. But it doesn't seem to matter that much because he's not driving the story no. forwards anyway. No. And Amy's more of a main character than it's he all is. the others. Are... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like Laura Linney mm-hmm. in it. Her character's really good. Um, ah, and the special effects, they, some of them are a little, some of the level ones, for example, are a little mm-hmm. ropey, but yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter so much. It's got still got that old charm yeah, about yeah, it. I completely agree with you. I like the ape effects. The jokes are funny. And there's always, this is a film where I see things that I don't notice mm-hmm. like previously. There are little things here and there. Um, so yeah, for me, it's a hit. I like this Yeah, film. I'd definitely watch it again, I think, at some point. So that's it from us for another episode of Retrospection. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you download this podcast. And you can also listen to the themes and the songs on Spotify. Thank you to our current patron supporters, and until next time, goodbye. Bye.